0: This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome to the Center for Sports Studies podcast. My name is Brandon Podgorski, professor of sport management at Trine University and I want to welcome you to this week's podcast. This is a special podcast where I break down the NCAA Men's March Madness bracket using historical win percentages by seeding and statistical analyses from Ken Pomeroy. I will share my picks throughout the show and give you my pick justifications based off my research. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm excited to bring you this special episode of the Center for Sports Studies podcast. We're gonna break down the men's March Madness bracket. And we're gonna break down the bracket using historical data and using some um, some statistics, some advanced statistics from Kim Pomeroy. But the way that this special episode came about, if you listen to the Center for Sports Studies podcast, we usually like to interview uh, sports professionals who are working anywhere within the realm of sport because we try to give our students as much access to these different jobs and and careers and opportunities that they may want to get into after graduation as we can. Uh, But talking with our intern here at the Center for Sports Studies talking with Celeste, and we were just talking about what are some ideas that we can do here for the rest of semester. And one of the things she mentioned, and it's a show that I've wanted to do for a long time, is what about March Madness? Let's put something out on March Madness. And I said, Celeste, that is an excellent idea. Let's do it. So that's what we're doing today. We are going to break down the men's bracket. And I did this last year. I, I took a different tact. To looking at the bracket because, like anybody else, I love the pools. Um, and and I love competing with with friends and and uh, just in, in friendly ways to uh and it, it brings a little bit more livelihood and, and it gets you invested into the game. But I broke it down by historical um win percentages from basically the, the past 35 plus odd years, um, broke it down by seeding and, and by conference and just tried to look at historical trends and applied those to last year's bracket. And, and I'll have to admit it did pretty well, um, especially in the first couple of rounds really hit on some, um, on some upsets and, and picked a lot of uh, the teams that end up advancing to the sweet 16. Unfortunately, I did not do a great job uh past that. So I tried to change a little bit and see if I can make that that quasi formula or strategy uh even better here, right? So we're still going to use some historical data based on what's happened in the tournament since 1985 and I'm also gonna bring in some statistics from Ken Palm specifically looking um at defense and adjusted defense, defensive efficiency. So, first, before we jump into the bracket, as you're starting to put together what we hope will be your perfect bracket, um a few things you want to consider, um, and I'm going to get into the statistics. And, and And let me put a disclaimer before we go forward in, in any of this. None of this that I'm going to give you is is gambling advice. This is. Only for fun, um, for for pools, uh, free pools. Um, I, I am not giving you this information um, for um, gambling purposes or, or for odds or anything like that. That is not what this episode is about. And specifically, if you're an NCAA athlete, you are prohibited. From gambling, and, and that includes getting involved in paid pools here um, in March Madness. Now, <clears throat> if you want to get involved in a in a free contest on an ESPN or a Yahoo, um, I think you're allowed to do that as long as you're not putting anything in. Um, however, do not take my word for it. Please talk with your coach, talk with your compliance director. But if you're an NCAA athlete, it is prohibited from um, from you being able to gamble. Right. So everything we're talking about, it's just going to be for fun. But let's jump into it. And I think the first thing that I used last year and I looked at, it's just looking at winning percentages by seed. And we'll break it down by round and, <clears throat> and I'll share my bracket with you. The first round, as we look at Seeds 1 and 2, Seed 1 wins 99% of the time. There's only been one game, UMBC, a couple years ago with Virginia, um, since 1985, where the number one seed has ever been upset. So... I'm going to go ahead and advance all four number one seeds. And then we look at the number two seeds. 93% of the time, the number two seed is going to win their first round game. So I think it's pretty safe to move forward the number two seeds. Now, what's interesting, though, is we look at the past two years. And the reason why I looked at the past two years, um, past COVID, is I think this tournament is going to be very wonky. If I had to predict, I think we're probably going to see a lot of upsets. You know, all this data that I have in front of me and that I use to build my bracket, it may completely blow up into my face. And we have this on the record in case it does. Um, But I think with um, players who have had COVID years where they've been able to stay Um, in a lot of transfers, a lot of grad transfers. You're seeing some teams that are really senior heavy. I look at a team like Memphis that is pretty senior heavy. Um, I think this is going to kind of be a wild, wild tournament. So looking at the past two years um, to my, my point, I was just making about the two seed in the past two years, a two seed has lost in both 2001 and 2002. Um, So they've only lost 10 times. A two seed has only lost 10 times in the first round since 1985. Um, but it is something to consider is a two seed vulnerable this year. So one of the things that I looked at, you know, trying to find out what are some patterns and um, what are indicators on if a team is going to be able to make a run. One of the things that I kept coming up with in the data and in the research is taking Ken Palm and looking at his adjusted uh, defensive efficiency and those teams that are, you know, in the top 20, of adjusted defensive efficiency, usually perform pretty well, especially if you're in the top 20 in both offense and defense, you're going to perform pretty well. So as we're looking at teams who were in um, the top 30 in both offense and defense adjusted uh, efficiency, um, you've got Alabama, Houston, Texas, Connecticut, UConn, and Purdue, right? So those might be five that you want to kind of keep an eye on there. But looking at the two seeds this year, um, I do not see any 15 seeds that have a better adjusted defensive efficiency than um, the two seeds. So I think it's going to be safe to move all those two seeds forward in the first round. Now we get to the three seeds and they win their first round games 85% of the time. So 22 times since 1985, um, a 14 seed has beat a three seed. So, again, if you're looking at those three and 14 games, and I'm going to go from the south, east, midwest, west, you got Baylor, um, <clears throat> UCSB, uh, California, Santa Barbara. You've got Kansas State, Montana State. Um, you have got uh, Xavier, Kennesaw State. You've got Gonzaga versus Grand Canyon. Uh, in my opinion, as I look at those and I look at, um, the three seeds, I look at the conference that the 14 seeds are in, um, just based off the historical data, adjusted defensive efficiency. I think the three seeds this year, I think they survive. So I'm going to move them forward. Where it starts to get interesting and where my eyebrows kind of start to raise is if we start to get close to a percentage at 75%. So if there's a 75% chance of a, a certain seed winning their first round game well that's a 25% chance of the lower seed winning that first round game so you know if you're looking at you know four whatever seeds right four four seeds um one of those four seeds the probability is they're probably going to get beat you know um there's 75% chance they're going to win so as we look at the four seeds their are their odds start to their odds start to drop and they're at 79% of, um, uh, four seeds win their first round game. So looking at the first round games with the four seeds, uh, Virginia and Furman, um, I ended up, I did go back and forth on this one quite a bit. Normally I also look at conferences and how has conference conferences fared in the NCAA tournament. The ACC conference wins 66% of their games. So, I would feel comfortable moving Virginia forward over Furman as we go to Tennessee and Louisiana um, again, better conference. I'm going to move Tennessee forward. Um, as we look, I'm going to skip the Midwest. As we look to the West, we got Yukon and Iona again, UConn is in the top. Um, actually, I believe they're in the uh, top 20 for both adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency, I'm gonna move UConn forward. What was interesting, my first upset here in the 413. So I think we'll have one. Just um there's a, a chance, maybe not a great chance, but there is a chance based on historical record that we'll have one. Um, Indiana and Kent State. So as Indiana is in a stronger conference, um, the Big Ten. They tend to win their tournament games in the NCAA tournament at a 60% clip, and the MAC only wins theirs at a 33% clip. Now, the MAC is usually playing um, higher ranked seeds, but as we look at adjusted defense efficiency, uh, Indiana is 43rd, and Kent State is 96. Right? Or, I'm sorry, um, they're at a 96.3 um, efficiency. Per, or 96.4 per um, efficiency. So they're ranked 38. Kent State is ranked 38. Indiana is ranked 44th. Um, so you there's a chance that there's going to be an upset. I think the other four seeds are safe. I am going to um, call an upset right here. Kent State also looking um, something else that you can consider are how many upperclassmen get a lot of playing time. And Kent State, um, they're playing four seniors pretty regularly. Um, I'm going to actually take Kent State to upset Indiana in that first round just because of the better adjusted defensive efficiency. All right. So then we go to our five seeds. Now it gets really interesting. The five seeds, six seeds, and seven, five, six, seven, they win their games, five seeds, 64% of the time. Six and seven seeds, 61% of the time. So we're seeing an even greater probability that we're going to see a an 11 seed, a 10 seed, and a uh, a 12 seed all advance past the first round, at least one of them. So looking at the games with the five seed, I think San Diego State, I think they move on. Um, Duke, I think they move on. Um What else do we have here? Again, I I think the Midwest is ripe for a lot of upsets. I took Drake over Miami, Florida. Um, Drake again has a higher average defense or adjusted defensive efficiency. So I'm going to go with Drake in the upset in the Midwest. And, um, I'm going to take St. Mary's over VCU. I don't think there's an upset there. Looking at the six games, again, the uh, six seeds, they win their first round at a 61% clip. Uh, looking at the sixth seed, I'm going to take NC State over Creighton. So another thing that I looked at there, um, Creighton's adjusted defense efficiency isn't very high. And the ACC, typically stronger conference. Then then Creighton, Um, Creighton's coming out of the Big East, which is um, a a pretty good conference. But um, the ACC is pretty strong. I'm going to take NC State. They've got a better um, adjusted defensive efficiency. Their conference wins their games at a little bit higher clip, although the Big East is pretty darn competitive. Big East, they win their um, tournament games at almost 60%. But I'm going to take NC State in the upset because we know we're going to have a 6-11 upset somewhere on the board. Um, I think Kentucky survives. Um, I think uh, Iowa State, I'm going to talk more about them here in a little bit. Uh, They have a very high adjusted defensive efficiency. I think they're going to be a specialization. Spoiler, there are some brackets. So I'm going to take Iowa State, and I'm going to take TCU. So I only see one upset there on the uh, on the sixth seed. Seventh seed, again, 61%, um, 7-10 games. So we're getting closer and closer to a coin flip, which is basically what the 8-9 are. Um, looking at the 7-10 games, I'm taking Utah State in an upset with a better adjusted defensive efficiency, um, even though uh, Missouri is in a little bit better conference. I'm going to take um, Michigan State, um, strong defensive team. You know, and that's one of the things in a tournament. You know, defense is, as coaches would say, defense always travels. So whether you're you're on or off offensively. Defense still travels. I'm going to take Michigan State, even though they've had a down year. Um, I'm going to take Texas A&M in the first round, and I'm also going to take Northwestern. So um, according to what I can see in the the, uh, statistics, I only see one upset in the 7-10, and that's Utah State over Missouri. Now, I just talked about this. The eight and nine games, they really are a coin flip. In fact, the nine seed actually wins 51% of the time over the eight seed. So, I mean, there's a very, 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 very slight advantage to being um, the nine seed. Um, apparently so looking at the eight, nine games, um, I'm taking Maryland over West Virginia. You got two good conferences there. So again, I kind of went back to the adjusted defensive efficiency. Um, I'm taking Memphis over Florida Atlantic, which I think is going to be a a heck of a first round game right there. Um, Memphis is another team that's very, very senior heavy. Um, so I think Memphis is going to get past Florida Atlantic, all other things being equal there. Uh, looking at the 8-9, um, I like Auburn over Iowa um, in a quote-unquote upset there because of the, um, the adjusted defensive efficiency. And I like Arkansas over Illinois. So I'm actually taking three eight seeds over the nine. And what you'll find in, a, in an important point as we talk about these games, you don't want the great – or don't let the great um, – don't sacrifice the the great for the good. Right. And I think sometimes in these pool um in, in the bracket challenges, we want to try to find that hot upset who's gonna go far. For the most part, you're going to see some upsets in the first two rounds. It's going to happen, and, and I fully expect my bracket probably I'm going to miss on some. But as we get to the Sweet 16, it gets very, very chalk heavy. So you're going to see a lot of my picks are going to be a little bit chalky. But once we get to the six, sweet, sweet 16 to the final game, that's usually how it plays out. So I think that's going to take care of everything here in the first round. So the upsets I have, NC State, Utah State, Auburn, Drake, and Kent State. So using the same type of uh, justification, let's go to the second round. Um, As we look at the second round, again, you can almost move the one seeds forward. The one seeds, they win their second round games at a uh, 86% clip. So, looking at the one seeds, are there going to be any upsets? None necessarily that I'm going to see. I did struggle a little bit with Houston and Auburn just because I know Houston um, has some uh, injury issues there, but I'm going to move all the one seeds to the Sweet 16. What about the two seeds? There is a precipitous drop off between the one seed and the two seed. So, the one seed wins at an 86% clip, clip in the second round. The two seed only wins at a 67% clip. So are there any two seeds that are vulnerable in the second round? Um, I think Arizona gets through. I think Texas gets through. Again, Texas was one of those teams in the um, top 20 for adjusted offensive-defensive efficiency. And I think UCLA gets through. The one team that I do believe is in trouble is going to be Marquette. So I have them faced up with Michigan State in the second round. Again, Michigan State, stronger defensive team than Marquette, according to Ken Palm. So I'm going to take Michigan State in the upset in the second round. Now, when we get to the three seeds in the second round, they win at sixty one percent um clip in the for the three seeds. So for the three seeds, um we did not have Baylor advancing, so NC state, um or I, I'm sorry. I just gave it away. I have NC State advancing over Baylor. So Baylor will not advance to the uh, Sweet 16 according to the adjusted defensive efficiency. I got NC State upsetting Baylor. Now, that's not out of the realm of possibility to have an 11-seed go to the Sweet 16, um, even teams that have played in the play-in game that were 11 seeds or higher, um, they've actually advanced this 45% of um, the tournament since they've expanded since 2011, 45% of those who were in the playoff game as an 11 or higher advanced advanced the Sweet 16. Now, NC State did not play in the first four, but it is not necessarily all that uh, uncommon to see 11 seed advance. NC State, they're going to be the 11th seed that I think advances. Again, ACC has the best winning percentage out of all the other uh, conferences in this tournament. All right, um, continuing going down the bracket here. So Kansas State, I had them winning their first round game. I have them winning their second round game against Kentucky. Um, Looking at The Midwest, Xavier, I have them winning their first-round game, but I actually have them getting beat by Iowa State. Iowa State is a uh, very, very strong defensive team. Iowa State ranks 8th. On Ken Palm's adjusted defensive efficiency, so I have Iowa State advancing to the Sweet 16 there over the three seed. And then I also have same justification for TCU. I have TCU coming out of a stronger conference in the Big 12 and a better adjusted defensive efficiency. I have them upsetting Gonzaga in the uh, the second round. Now, four seeds. Four seeds win their games at a 60% rate. Right. So these would probably be mostly likely four or five games. I have Virginia beating San Diego State in the South. Um, I have Tennessee beating Duke in the East. Again, looking up here in the Midwest, um, I had the four seed Indiana getting beat. So we have Drake and Kent State in the second round. Um, Very, very close. Just about, I mean, they're almost mirror images of each other with adjusted offensive and defensive and conference win win rates. Um, the seed, um, percent win rates between 12 and 13 is the one that sealed it for me. The 12 seed wins their second round games at a 42% rate while the 13 seed only wins it at a 19% rate. So I'm taking Drake in the second round there and another four or five game. Um, I've got UConn over St. Mary's again, UConn in the top 20 in adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. Right. Um, and so continuing down the bracket, I think that hits on everybody in the Sweet 16 right there. The only one I may not have talked about was um, Kansas. I have them um, beating uh, Arkansas. I have UCLA as a two seed moving on, and I have Texas as the two seed moving on. All right. Looking at the Sweet 16. So in the South, we have Alabama and Virginia. Alabama is a one seed. Virginia is a four seed. The one seed wins their sweet 16. And this is when it starts to get really chalky. As I talked about the one seed wins their games at an 80% clip as compared to the four seed, which wins their games at only a 31% rate at the time. So I'm going to take, uh, Alabama over Virginia. What about the 11 verse two? Here in the South. Well, the two they win there's 72% of the time. The eleven 35% of the time. I'm going to go ahead and move the two over. Arizona over NC State. Looking in the East again, same rationale with Purdue over Tennessee. I'm going to move Purdue into the Elite Eight, and then uh, Kansas State. So the three seed playing a seven seed. The three seed wins 48% of the time, um, but the seven seed actually wins. Thirty-six percent of the time. So again, another one of those where I looked at it adjusted um, defensive efficiency. Um, I believe in this one. Um, I also looked a little bit um, at the offense as well, um, looking at conferences. The conferences are pretty doggone similar as far as the the Big Ten and Big Twelve in um, rates of victory, um, but. Kansas State um, does have a little bit better adjusted defensive efficiency, so we are going to take them um, over uh, Kansas or over Michigan State. Right? And then moving to the Midwest, I do have Houston, the number one, over um, the number 12, Drake. And then, again, just with how good they are defensively, I'm going to take Iowa State in an upset. Now, I want to kind of pause here before we go forward. Something important. So in, the, in 11 of the past 12 tournaments, there has been a fifth seed or lower has reached the final four. So 5, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. One of those seeds has reached the final four 11 of the past 12 years. So that's a pretty good indicator that we're going to see another five seed <clears throat> or, or lower reach the final four. So I had to pick somebody. I always state, is very tough defensively. I'm going to take Iowa State to advance to the lead eight and I'm going to take them to beat Houston in the Midwest to go to the final four. Again, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for Houston if they still have um, injury problems with uh, one of their starting guards. All right, going down to the West, um, I have number one Kansas over UConn. That one's tough. Again, um, UConn being one of those teams in the top 20 for adjusted offensive and uh, defensive efficiency. Um, but I do believe that uh, when you're looking at deep, just just defense, Kansas is a little bit better defensive team, according to Ken Palm. So I'm going to move Kansas over, and I'm also going to move UCLA over TCU. So we got an elite eight of Alabama, Arizona, Purdue, Kansas State, uh, Houston, Iowa State, Kansas, UCLA. Who's going to the final four? So tough. Um, Some things to know as you're advancing teams in the final four. All right. 40% of the final four, or at least 40% of the teams that have made the final four since 1985 have been one seeds. So that includes one one seed last year and two one seeds the year below, right? Um, It hasn't been, I think, since since 2011, where no one seed has made the final four. It's only happened twice since 1985. So you've got to advance on one seed over, right? And run right now, I still have three one seeds in there. I've got Alabama, Purdue, and Kansas, right? So it is really rare to see all four one seeds make it in. That hasn't happened until 2008. So who else is going to make it in? Well, let's look at the two seeds. The two seeds make it in 21 or 21% of final four teams since 1985 have been two seeds. So we got a pretty good chance we're going to have a one seed and a pretty good chance we're going to have a two seed in there, right? So the uh, two seeds that I have remaining are Arizona and UCLA. From there, almost 12% of final four teams are three seeds. Um, Four seeds, 8.8%, five seeds, 4.7%. And then um, there's nothing higher than um, 4.7% once you get down below the five seeds. But remember, we got to have at least one five or higher in the final four. And for me, that was Iowa State. So they're going to be my first final four team. Okay, so with that, last year we had one one seed and two two seeds in the final four right? The national champion, 60, I want to make sure I get this right. Almost 65% of the national champions have been one seeds. And then 13.5% of national champions have been two seeds. 10.8% of national champions have been three seeds. So there is an excellent chance the national champion is going to be one of those top three seeds, most likely a number one seed. So With all that being said, with all that in mind, I am going to move Alabama over Arizona. Alabama, as we look at adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency, they're ranked 19th offensively and third defensively. This one was a little bit tough for me to pick just because Arizona, they do have some experience making a little run last year. Um... And Alabama has some, you know, um, if you've been following Alabama the past couple of weeks, they've had some some issues on their team. Um, but if we're just looking at what's happening on the court, I'm going to take Alabama to the final four. Going down to the east. So we got Alabama out of the South, Iowa State out of the Midwest. going down, to the East. I have gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on this. And it wasn't until literally right before I recorded this podcast. So I'm recording this podcast on Wednesday afternoon, the day before the round of 64 begins. Um, I had Purdue in the final four. So I had them going over Kansas state, but I just read a stat from Ken Palm literally before I did this podcast that no number one or two seed that wasn't ranked in the preseason AP top 25 has made the final four. And there's been something like 36 of them that were a one or two seed that were not ranked in the AP top 25. And none of those, I believe there was 36, it was 32 or 36, none of them have made the final four. Uh, Matt Painter is a heck of a coach and you have to put uh, some coaching experience, you know, you put that as part of your, your algorithm here or your strategy, However, he has struggled to make it to the final four. Kansas State has a better adjusted defensive efficiency. Um, I'm going to move Kansas State over Purdue in the final four. And then my last region in the West, um, I'm going to take UCLA over Kansas. UCLA, the number one team in adjusted defensive efficiency. So as we're looking at our final four, we got number one Alabama number three, Kansas State, number six, Iowa State, and number two, UCLA. Another stat that I read is if you've got a final four um, that seeds that sum up to 11, 11 is about that average number of the final four seeds. So we got one, Alabama, three, Kansas State, six, Iowa State, number two, UCLA. That adds up to 12. We're really close to being around that 11 number. Again, that's kind of like the average number for the Final Four. So who's going to the championship game? Again, Alabama being in that top 20 for adjusted offensive-defensive efficiency. um, I'm going to move Alabama into the national championship, and I'm going to have them play UCLA. I think UCLA, again, being the number one defensive team, according to Ken Palm, is going to make it to the championship. And because of their best defensive team, um, I'm going to take UCLA to win the national championship. So I hope that's a lot to unpack in this podcast here. Um, I hope that it helps to add to your enjoyment of the game, and I hope my bracket isn't completely busted after the first weekend. But if we look at historical trends over time, we look at adjusted offensive or adjusted defensive, and a little bit of the office of offensive efficiency. In my opinion, I think Alabama, Kansas State, Iowa State, UCLA make the Final Four with Alabama playing UCLA for the title and UCLA coming away with the victory. And and what the heck, I'll give you a final score. I think it'll be 65-64 Bruins. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Go out, have fun, and enjoy the tournament. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to check out our social media pages for our next guest on March 30th. As always, we'd like to say a special thank you to producer Josh Hornbacher for his work behind the scenes. This is the Center for Sports Studies podcast, broadcasting from the Trine Broadcasting Network. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the Center for Sports Studies podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star rating if you like what you've heard. For more information about the Center for Sports Studies, please visit trine.edu. Also, be sure to like the Trine Center for Sports Studies on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Trine CSS. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.